Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name's Chris Scott. My name's Atish, and in this week's episode, we pay homage to the name Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize by using those three tools to design a plan for Chris to break out into a new avenue. So what's new? How's, how's your week going? Uh, my week was good. I, I kind of got forced to really dive into the deep end on like some work stuff. Like, do you ever get that feeling that you're kind of out of your depth on something? Um, every day. So basically all day, every day, day. <laughs> every, every damn day of my life. Basically what happened was, um, and I think this is kind of, this might be a, a learning point for, uh, you know, maybe some people, but, um, I, what happened was half of my team at work was out of the office. Um, one guy was at like military training and the other two were on vacation or something like that. So it was, we were, our capacity was cut in half. And so the, there was the usual stuff that I was doing that I was still doing and uh, I was doing that well. And then just because we didn't have the same bandwidth as we normally did, uh, I just had to like, I got thrown in the deep end sort of, um, and, and I just sort of had to figure stuff out. Uh And I think that there's, um, kind of a good practice in, in, uh, or I'd imagine this this is kind of something that's required in being a creative type is you kind of have to just like have guts or have faith that that you can pull something off. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, because if you doubt yourself during the process, everything's going to be shit. You know what I mean? Like, like in terms of my work, I had to do a lot of collaborative stuff. I had to talk to a lot of different people. And if I didn't, if I didn't, act as though I knew what I was doing. I wasn't going to get what I needed out of the people that I was talking to because I needed them to do stuff. I needed them to give me information. I needed them to do their jobs correctly. Uh-huh. So I kind of had to manage some different roles there. And if I didn't have the confidence with which to do that, then, um, then I think it would have all kind of fell through. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I think that's probably something that being like, like you directed your first full length, um, not, recently but semi recently right 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 so so that wasn't your first time directing but that was your first time directing like a, a large project like that right and i mean how did that feel kind of that you know that you lack like formal experience but you have to get what you need out of these people anyways uh, you know what i mean i hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying i i definitely feel when i'm in that situation i kind of forget about uh I don't know. I think the big hurdle with, with that scenario is there's two different types of people, those that can't do it because they don't have the right tools and those that just make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And if you sit down and you think I need this to happen, you kind of have to like muster up that independence day speech to make people believe you (laughs) and believe Uh your, your purpose, your intention behind the action you're trying to complete. So it's kind of, it's not so much about, having been there before, but just knowing that you need to get there somehow and you can't do it without the help of this person. Right. So, so I'm, you kind of, in your head, you mentally make it sort of a, uh, intrinsic, like collaborative thing. Like you need me, I need you. We both need each other to do, you know, our, our shit. Basically. I try and And play, I try to do more of a, uh, like a manipulation game try and plant seeds in people's heads and try and make them think that's their idea or like, what if we tried it this way? 
and they, you know, come to realizations themselves. Yeah. Uh, the the more amateur you are, the more amateur the movie production set is. Uh, by that I mean the least pro, like the like fresh out of like in film school. If you want to compare film school film sets to Hollywood blockbuster film sets, mm-hmm. I think the one thing that is like the that diminishes from film school to Hollywood blockbusters are egos. Uh, and in regards to the production side of things. Yeah. So in film school, everybody's a director and everybody knows the best way to make a movie ever. When you get to <laughs> mm-hmm. a Hollywood blockbuster, someone's a grip, they're listening to their boss. So they're going to do what the boss tells them to do. Yeah. They have no, they, they're there to work. They're there to make the movie happen. And they're to, their way to make the movie happen is to make their, to do their jobs right. Mm-hmm. So when I'm on my independent film sets, it's kind of, it's towards the uh, super ego side of the scale. And so it's harder to get people to listen to you because it's not like a legit work environment where the hierarchy right. is respected. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's like, there's a chain of command. Like I'm your boss. This is my boss and blah, blah, blah. Therefore this is your boss's boss. You have to listen to us, but don't listen to that. Under Like there's no, there's no uh, structure really. Exactly. So it's tougher. The, the more an indie you are, unless you have a solid uh, crew that totally backs you and supports you, it's hard to not accomplish that without mind tricks uh, okay. and manipulations and making people think that they're worth more than what they actually are. Right. <laughs> so it's a weird gotcha. game. It's a weird game on the movie sets. Yeah. It, it sounds like a, a lot of uh, like you, you almost have to learn how other people work or how other people work best because I know how I function best and my position is, in a lot of ways is pretty solitary. Like I can kind of do my thing the way I like to do it. And for the most part that works out that way. Like it works out well. Um, The only times are like when my manager checks in or anything like that. But I I feel like being a director or even, you know, working in a music studio or something like that, trying to produce music, you like your success is so linked with other people that you have to be able to figure out how they work best and be able to manage that between the two of you. It's, it sounds complicated. It is a little complicated, but <laughs> it is, it's fun. I feel like the, the further, the more you do it, the more you understand that you you're allowed to set some ground rules and some boundaries and put people in their place. And if they're not willing to play along or, or uh, support your, journey to tell the story or get to the proper end goal that you have your vision, your get to your mm-hmm. vision. It's, it's don't let them go. It's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, we always, I think want to be like biologically, we want to be like altruistic and help other people. But at the end of the day, if you're not getting what you need out of it, it's, it's more of a corrosive relationship than it is beneficial. Right. But I assume in an office space, all those lines are clearly defined and you should be able to just get what you want. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, I know who I report to and I also know therefore who I don't report to. And so like (laughs) this week I actually had a pretty funny, I mean, I I probably can't go into it, but somebody was just kind of like lightly, uh, kind of trying to pull rank. I'll push back a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I just had to, you know, respectfully but firmly, I had to give a little bit of pushback on that. Like, uh, okay, I I 
you know, appreciate your input as an individual, but also I like to do things this way. Everyone else seems pleased with the way I do it. So you can, you know, respectfully go fuck yourself. <laughs> right, right, right. But um, how was your week? How was uh, Buckethead? Buckethead was a lot of fun. Yeah? I ran into uh, Jaime there, and that was, uh-huh. it, that was hilarious. And the show was uh, not what I was expecting. It was just a guy and a guitar and, like, a bunch of beatboxes. And he'd really? push a button and some song would play, and then he would play the guitar to it. And he was a really good, really, really good guitar player. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I did some research after talking because I had no idea who this person was. And A, I was surprised to find that you're right. He always has a bucket on his head. And I guess he has to based on the name. Like, now you're kind of stuck. I guess so, um, yeah. But yeah, he's a really good guitar player. That was that, it was good shit. The uh, the whole show felt like a guitar solo that that didn't feel <laughs> like it was going too long because it was just really good. Yeah, yeah, you can. It always gets tiresome sometimes. Um, especially, I remember going to like a ton of like Battle of the Bands and stuff at at the Rock, and there would always be like. Like, you could tell that everybody, for some bands, everybody, like, wanted a solo. Like, there'd be a guitar solo, and then a drum solo, and then the other guitar solo. And I was like, my God, this is going on too long because all of you are pretty amateurish. And, like, I'm just not... It didn't really hold my attention. But I right, guess if right. somebody's doing it right, it can really it can really fit, and it doesn't feel like it's going on forever. Yeah, and there was, like, there were moments in the show where his, like, uh, there was a moment where his string broke on his guitar. Uh-huh. And he just started playing It's a Small World randomly he like stopped uh-huh. all the beatboxes and he started playing it's a small world and then his assistant came out with a new guitar and then they switched after he played that song which was amazing nice just so he played. has a he has a plan basically just just in case shit hits the fan exactly but the the thing about the guitar there's how many strings six strings six yeah well generally six um some like metal players or like prog metal or do seven or eight and then like like uh, have you ever heard of animals as leaders uh no like animal farm <laughs> no like babe um what like babe yeah like babe um <laughs> uh animals as leaders is probably a lot like buckethead um and i know it probably there might be like one listener who knows both of those bands and is gonna be fucking listening to this going that's bullshit oh my god they couldn't be more different but but like you know what i mean it's just like one person who makes all the music and he's just a guitar virtuoso. And um, where was I going with this? I have no idea. God damn it! Uh, there was a there was a purpose to it. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess uh, you you should check out Animals as Leaders. Although it's a little bit more like like metal. You know what I mean? Uh, so, uh, but the point I was trying to make is that uh, out of those six strings, if any one of them breaks. Oh, that's where I was going. Yeah, that's like a whole, like it, like they're they're different. They are all they're all different, tuned to a right. different key, chord, whatever the heck. I don't know. I'm not a huge music person, but the fact that it was whatever string broke, he was still able to make that song happen, which was I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, essentially, what you do is you. Uh, so the the way you would do that, unless you have a supreme reliance on that string, you can make songs work, but you're basically going to have to work further up and down the neck, which is going to inconvenience you uh, to hit those same notes that you want to hit at the same position. So basically, you just have to keep moving positions, which would be a pain in the ass. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, that sounds cool. Uh, do you do any shoots or any video work this week? I had... Um... 
I had, what did I do this week? This week. Oh, was, you know what? I, I know you did a, uh, you did a shoot with uh, Sal, right? I did a shoot with Sal, Sal something or other. Yeah. Um, cause I saw that and I was like, yep, I know, I know that spot. <laughs> I know, I know where that is. Um, and it made me, I was like, God damn it. All right. It's time for me to go on a cut because I've been bulking for far sure. too long. Yeah. You've been, you've been bulking forever, man. Well, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hard gainer. I finally hit, uh, almost not even quite. My goal was 185 pounds and I hit 180 and now I'm just like frustrated. So it's time for me to. I'm I'm gonna go on a cut so I can uh, not be jealous of Sal. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, at least you got height on him, right? Oh yeah, I got. <laughs> yeah, true. I've I've always got height. But he was cool. He was in, he just showed up. We we did a shoot real quick. It was he was very nice and very uh, gracious of my time, which was very rare. Yeah, it's yeah. it's because he hasn't he hasn't been discovered yet. Oh okay. Yeah. He's once once that happens, I feel like once people know that they're like valued sort of as a model, then everything is going to go to shit. Right. That's so when, that's when that goes to their head. Yep. And then they're like, uh, we're going to show up on my time and I want to get the shots that I want. And if I'm not happy with them, then we're going to do it again. So, but that'll, that probably won't happen with him because he's just a nice dude. So. Yeah, so that happened, and then I had a meeting with uh, Jaime, the guy I saw at the concert, mm-hmm. and I kind of was bouncing some uh, game plan ideas for this uh, short I want to shoot, mm-hmm. the Buddy Cop movie, and decided to shoot the Buddy Cop one first because it's way easier than the motocross short. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of without giving anything away. Having read that script, there's a lot of ins and outs on that that I feel like you need to coordinate with a lot of different parties <laughs> on the uh, motocross one. Yeah, yeah, that's there's yeah there's lots of there's some there's some stunts, some crazy um, stuff there, and yeah, I'm having a hard time casting that one. So mm, yeah, with the buddy cop, I already have I have the cop duo t- kind of casted, and everybody else is super easy to cast. Yeah, yeah. And there's only four locations, whereas the motocross one, there's like 20, which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> That's dumb. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty complex. But, but it, it could be uh, like the way I, I imagine it in my head, at least. Like I can definitely say how it's complex, but it could be really, really rewarding. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked about it. But uh, that one's going to need a little bit more time. And I kind of just need to get the ball rolling on one of these. Because I Absolutely. feel like I've been sitting on them for three months now and nothing's really yeah. happened. So. Yeah, most definitely. And and I also think that once you have like um test footage or even even something like that, uh and I think this is what we're I mean, I'm I'm kind of jumping the gun on this, but I think this is kind of what we're getting into for uh for uh this week's podcast, but but I think once you have some test footage and some, you know, quote unquote proof of concept and all that kind of stuff, I think a lot of your other endeavors, like for the shorts, for, you know, full, I, I think that'll come a lot easier once you have something like, you know, to, to work off of. Right. That's my, that's like a, one of the goals of these two short film projects is to execute something very cinematically. I feel like I haven't gotten to the level that I see in my head yet. So I'm hoping to achieve that with this, at least with this next, next project or the, the next two projects. Yeah. I, th- I think this, um, that you're the, the, uh, the buddy cop movie that you're trying to do next. I think, um, it's, it's a little bit more, it's more serious. Like, like it still has its lighthearted moments, but I think it's more serious than, 
than Edimami. Uh-huh. So it'll kind of give you the the capacity to to really do like to to demonstrate some film prowess in a way that like a rom com possibly doesn't. Right. You know what I mean? Because it has more of a serious tone. It doesn't it doesn't follow the same uh, mechanics. Yeah, tropes. Really. Uh, yeah, storytelling tropes. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I feel like it it lends itself a lot better to kind of um, it, it lends itself to kind of demonstrating your your talents a little bit better. But you know, what do I know? So I've got. Um... I just got to lock down a location and I think we'll be ready to rock and roll. Beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. Do some rehearsals. I need to do a little bit of rewriting. The, I think the case is a little confusing. Uh, yeah, perhaps maybe, maybe I, um, maybe I, just because I read it and then we talked about it, maybe I like understand it a little bit more. I don't know. No, no, when we, when we discussed it, you didn't have any questions about the case. So yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe it's totally, it it reads really easy, but I mean, that's not the kind of thing that you want to figure out in post. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. So, so I see what you're saying. So uh, so shall we, uh, shall we dive right in? Let's, do you want to, do you want to talk about kind of the project you're trying to execute? Uh, well, yeah, I was, I was kind of thinking about the name of our show Okay. and how, uh, it's kind of broken down into three words, creativize, strategize, and synergize, and how we should kind of come up with some sort of system or talk topic or yeah. talk segment where we kind of do that with some ideas or some new projects that we're working on. Or if someone, Absolutely. someone listening has an idea that they'd like us to talk about or work through with them, you know, invite people on and say, hey, let's talk about your creative venture. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, a, I think that'll be um, it, it's uh, helpful for us in the sense that or rather let me switch it the other way. If there are other people who have, you know, creative projects that they just kind of need um like need some advice on it creates kind of an an incubator or like a think tank format. Mm -hmm. So it'll, it'll allow them to kind of flesh out their ideas, maybe us to bounce something. Cause I know I always kind of work better or I come up with better stuff if I work it out with someone else, because if I see it just from my way, then it, it kind of just gets like, it gets put up its own ass. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, so on that hand, and on the other hand, I think it'll be beneficial to us because it'll uh, it'll allow us to kind of flex those those muscles and those those neural pathways to to kind of f- see things from multiple angles, both like a creative standpoint and then also how we uh, quote unquote strategize and synergize. Right, which is which are two very important things to do. Yeah, and I, I also think in previous episodes we've different we've definitely uh, creativized and we've definitely strategized, but we've never put them together. We haven't. Yeah. So I th- so this might be an interesting uh, thing that's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. But who, you know, maybe maybe this will uh, pay off really well. Maybe it'll be uh, absolutely abysmal. Abysmal. But I guess I shouldn't. Abys- a a, a pepto abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Synergy. Like that. So my thoughts on today uh, are figuring out how to kind of get a video production company going. Okay. And not so much a film production company where we make movies and short films, but more of a commercial 
video production. Someone mm-hmm. that a company would hire to tell their story type of thing. Yeah. Okay, so so basically you want to so, – so the goal is to set up a, a company or, a, yeah, a production company that is evident in its ability to – like you're in a creative medium, but it also is uh, like commercially viable, meaning, meaning that it has demonstrated value and, um, and it, it is results-oriented rather than just like, you know, we get the shots or we don't. We're just trying to, we're trying to create something, you know, entirely like an art house piece. Uh-huh. Like you're, it's kind of more focused on end goal. Right. Well, I, I feel like a lot of commercials or things you see on TV, it's kind of a information-based presentation. Right. Like this is on sale. Look at this product. It does this. And there's no real connection. And the things that really connect with you are the ones that have more story to it. Right. Yeah, most definitely. I think um, I'm trying to think of a good example of this. And I have one, but you're – oh, uh, like – Like like, um, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or uh, Um, uh, uh, Pringles. Or, or, or a Lay's uh, potato chip. Once you once you start, you can't stop. No, that's pop. yeah, that's Pringles. Or, or like, <laughs> or, like um, or like, for instance, um, Old Spice ads. I feel like those have very little to do with the product. Yeah, you know what I mean. But People it's like are always talking about them. Yeah, it's the way in which you present it, and that causes like that causes people to know your brand. It causes brand recognition by like uh, a kind of catchy way of presenting it. Right. <clears throat> I like or those, in, like, um, those Thailand bank commercials. That's exact. I, you must be reading my mind. Cause that's exactly where I was going. Uh, we're on the same, we're vibing today. Did, were we, we just happened. Where are we both on our alpha peak flow state? Uh, is that the male equiv- equivalent to a period? <laughs> Zing. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, it probably is. Yeah, you must be on that all the time. Yeah, so uh, I, I, some, I have my weeks. Um, but yeah, exactly that that Thai bank commercial. Or um, did I, did I, did you ever watch the the Chinese uh, New Year one? Which one is that one? Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll tell you about this, and I'll give you the the I don't know what it is, but things about, and it's obvious that I have daddy issues because things about like dads and parenting really mess me up. Okay, but I don't know what this is necessarily a commercial for because obviously I'm not. I don't. I think it's for life insurance or mm-hmm. or health insurance or something. I, I don't know, but it's this Chinese New Year commercial, and um. And it's about this, uh, it's about this, um, kid who is like kind of lazy and he just likes to go out with his friends and he just eats a lot of food at home. He lives with his parents and his dad is kind of always on his case. And then one day he and his dad get into like this huge fight and the kid like bails and his mom is like begging for him to stay at home and all that kind of stuff. But he just, he just leaves and he starts working for a construction company to, um, to pay his bills and to, to do whatever. And then one day at the, at a construction job, he falls off the building and he's crippled. And now he's all depressed and like his dad won't show it, but his dad is like 
crying and they're all, you know, whatever. And the kid stops eating and all he wants to do is just like sit in front of the window and all that kind of stuff. So one day the dad can't take it anymore and he grabs him and he starts to like walk, like make him like walk again with his legs. Uh, and it like does flashbacks to when he was a kid and all this kind of stuff. And then flash forward to, uh, Chinese New Year's and he can walk again uh-huh. and and it's just like oh my god it just fucks me up but the point is is like just because it's a commercial doesn't mean it has to just be like like I think the most the least effective type of commercial or at least the 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 worst of them are um, prescription medicine yeah those are those don't I don't feel any connection to those at all they're just weird and bizarre no, it's it's just uh, it's just some people walking through a field or doing something. It's something just happening, and somebody you know, do you ever feel blah blah blah? And it like pitches what it is, and then there's just um, there's just uh, side re- effects may include yeah, blah, 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 of side effects know. or that weird one with the old people singing the song from Annie. Tomorrow. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like, and like, there's like an old guy in the shower. What's happening here? Yeah, exactly. It's like there is no context for anything and they're not even doing a good – because it's like I feel like – and some things you obviously can't demonstrate symptoms of, but I feel like there would be more – you know, and I think the reason why that that is is because there's not any – there's not any much competition in those fields. Generally, prescription medicines have patents over their formulas. So they don't need you to want to buy their shit. They just they need just, you to know it exists. Right, exactly. Go talk to your doctor. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to position themselves in any sort of way as if they're the best. Um, they just they just like demonstrate that there is a product there. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why they're kind of lacking in that department because it, it – they don't need any substance. Whereas if you go into a competitive thing like like Coke, for instance, a highly competitive market, you have to be like, oh, family and good times and Christmas and, you know, whatever. That's that's Coke. Coke is, you know, good and like, you know, whatever. So I think that that's why there has to be more connective uh, feelings there. Right. Or when they did back in the 70s, that whole hands across the world type of thing. Uh, how, I, how it just brings people together. It's, it's sure. a physical thing, which uh, Pepsi tried to do a couple years ago, but they didn't work out with the whole, Oh yeah. Uh, Pepsi will stop all the violence. Yeah. That was a, that was a huge flop. So that, but those are the types of commercials that I would like to make. If I were to choose what types of commercials I would like to make, I would like to make story based commercials. So, so you're that's a, that's a, a synergistic relationship. I've stumbled over that word. Um, that's a that's a synergistic uh, relationship right there. That you want to bring kind of like story back into, or like feeling at least, because you know, you, or you can flush out a story in like five sentences. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like you want to bring story and feeling back into commercial work, and you know that would probably be a very effectual strategy in terms of in terms of what you offer as a as a production company, especially locally, that maybe others can't. Right. So, so I'm trying so to think how, of local commercials. I feel like a lot of the local commercials uh, I see are car salesmen. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, those are always fun to watch. They're always hilarious and terrible. Yeah. If anything, it makes me not want to go to those dealerships because I'm like, fuck the chance if I run into that guy. You right. know what I mean? Exactly. Like all these people. And uh, for political reasons, 
they shall remain nameless, but you know exactly which one I'm thinking of in particular. Uh, that like I oh my god I would <laughs> I would not want to uh, to engage with this person at all. Uh huh. Yeah. So so you're trying to set up a, a production company that can kind of like expand what the local like commercial scape sort of looks like. Right. Just to I, the thing I, I have stuck in my head about local production companies is that they're they've been around for twenty years. And they've just mm-hmm. been cranking out the same thing over and over again, year after year. And it's the same format, same setup. You can even see some of the newer commercials are still four by three square looking images on TV. Oh, yeah. You know? And they're yeah, not I even totally widescreen. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, I feel like that's a, that might not be a big hurdle to conquer but I, or jump over. I feel, but I feel like it might be. That might just be in my head. So um, not to get too... Uh, what am I trying to say? Not to get too like technical and businessy here, but this is exactly what that book that you gave me actually is talking about. Oh, you never gave it back, so I never got to read it. <laughs> I didn't realize it was on a loan. <laughs> the persuasion? Oh no, no, not that one. <laughs> oh, the other book. The other book? Yeah, persuasion. I definitely should have given. <laughs> um, yeah. Whoops. Um, no, blue ocean strategy. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's, that it's not gift. that so you're you trying. Good, beautiful. Uh, so I'm so I'm one for two. <laughs> um, the the thing with that one is that basically you're not trying to reinvent the wheel on this. What you're trying to do is take something that is already preexistent and just kind of value innovate on that to to put yourself out there as a a kind of larger, greater, better sort of company. Right. Well, uh, I think that your process, at least, and if we're just spitballing ideas here, your process comes twofold. Uh, you already have somewhat of a business plan, right, for, for at least your creative productions. Or at least I saw a, something. You made something, right? I have, a, a, I have a, a business plan template to pitch movies to people. Uh, I see. Okay. So... Um, first things first, I think you, do you, do you have a, like, are you a business? I am. I have an LLC. I have a business account. Beautiful. So, so for, (laughs) you do have an office. I'm, I'm, I've been to your office. It's a nice office. It's fine. Yeah. it, It gets the job done. So I think for, for most other people, that is the first step. You already kind of had it done because you've already been in the game a little bit mm-hmm. but uh for people who are just starting out i think that's the first step and i know that it feels kind of like like i'm the type of person who doesn't want to invest any money unless i'm sure like i'm already going to get returns or like i know it's what i'm going to do but that's kind of the thing that you have to take a leap on because nobody is going to take your stuff seriously unless they know you're taking it seriously right you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like nobody is going to care that you care a whole lot or something like that. If you don't look like you're putting your all into it, why should anyone put their money into it? Exactly. So for most people, I think that's the 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 first step is creating kind of a legal entity for your your company, your business, all that kind of stuff. Um just setting up all the stuff that you're going to at first feel really silly for doing if you don't have like something produced or some somebody already buying your stuff or anything like that. But, um, you know, 
uh, create an LLC, get yourself registered for yeah. taxation or something. Yada, 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 yada. Yeah, that's all fun and dandy. That's all. Like, yeah. Like foundational stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, I mean, have you ever watched Shark Tank? No. Okay. Uh, it's not really that, or a lot of people find it interesting. I kind of don't. Um, and I'm not sure if it's just because I hate all of the judges on the panels or whatever, you know, or the, the, yeah, I guess panel is the right word, but, but essentially that's kind of what you're going to be working against and not people like Mark Cuban or not people like that. But then the other part is having a creative plan. So, so yours is kind of that you want to value and innovate on commercial work. You want to not reinvent the wheel, but take something and improve it and make it better. Right. That's, that's like summarized. That's, that's your, uh, presses if you want to Im- impress people. I, I probably wouldn't use that word to impress people. Uh, abstract, uh, closer. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting there. Um, and, and I really think that that's kind of where the, the, what is it? Where the rubber hits the road is taking your idea and your plan and kind of making it, uh, making it at least mentally executable. You know what I mean? You don't have to do anything physically, but knowing what you are going to do. If, because I remember our first, you know, talks about business and all that kind of stuff. We were always like, step one, step two, question mark, profit. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's like that, that kind of shit has to go if, (laughs) if you're actually doing something. Mm -hmm. So Um, I think that's the, well, the, the, the part that's, I don't know, interesting about trying to be this creative video production company that doesn't do just informational commercials is trying to figure out how to market yourself that way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And how to attract clients to want to do that. And how do you prove yeah. the value in this new type of commercial that, you know, you want to execute? Uh if uh, if you'll allow me to brainstorm out loud for a second, all right. Let's let's see what happens. <laughs> um, I think you, this is going to sound so <laughs> stupid, but I think your <laughs> I think your answer is in the question itself. Not to get too Confuciusy on you. Uh, I thought you were talking like the architect in the Matrix Revolution. Oh God, those are so bad. <laughs> I'm kidding. If that's what if that's what I sound like, we should stop the podcast right now. <laughs> all, the, all the time, man. All the time. Uh, like like a mixture of Frasier and the Architect from The Matrix. Yeah, just we just got to put you in a white suit and in a room full of TVs and those stupid sunglasses. Yeah. Um. No, but but I think that that the best. Uh, how, how do I put this? So you're trying to demonstrate that you can do great commercial work by value innovating and bringing kind of connection, feeling and story back into commercial work, Mm -hmm. or maybe not even back into commercial work, into commercial work from whence it never was. Um, especially not on the local scene that like, I think you and I can both agree that, uh, after, you know, cause I only grew up on public channels. I, I didn't have cable or anything. Uh Um, I've seen my fair share of, you know, Tucson commercials and they're definitely not inspiring in any sort of way. Like, like they're not, not anything that any, any film student probably aspires to make. Right. 
So I think the best marketing idea you could have for that is to do that for yourself. Ah. You see what I'm saying? Like the, the answer is in the question itself. Like how do I, you know, demonstrate that story or like heartfelt uh, connective uh, commercials are more successful than others? You do that for yourself. Right. Was, Which of sorry, go ahead. I was reading a thing the other day about um your uh, portfolios and trying to put a portfolio together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was listening to a podcast about it and I did some googling of my own to see what it takes to make a portfolio. Yeah. And the portfolio is a, a, a collection of works that you've done to put out into the world to show what you can do to showcase your skill and your talent. Right. And I I think I need to create a portfolio that's just this creative commercial content that I want to pursue. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, like, I don't know what, I I guess the, the hardest part in terms of my thought process in creating a portfolio is like, so then if you're creating commercial work for yourself, for your own company, Mm -hmm. you have to figure out what the like presentation or what the, uh, I guess brand would be the, the most apropos word. Um, what what the brand your like your company is trying to convey what you're trying to put out there mm-hmm. you know what i mean um and and that's kind of i feel like that but maybe i'm just not you know the the creative type per se um but i but to me that seems like a really challenging element of it i, I don't it doesn't it doesn't seem too challenging to me yeah of course not uh <laughs> I don't know. I think the challenging part is what do you create to prove this concept that you've come up with? It's like, mm. you know, it's like being the, the, like, the like you're in, we're in uh, the Star Trek deep space mission mm-hmm. going where no one's gone before, you know, the last frontier type of situation. Right. Right. So it's, it's like, but it, it's been done before. I mean, they do it in Thailand all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think maybe a good exercise for this. And, I, and again, I'm totally like, have you ever seen those? Um, there are those like short story writing competitions where you have a limit on the number of sentences you can have or the limit of number of uh, words. And it's ridiculously short, like really short. Like there are even ones for, um, I think, like 15 words. Oh, really? Yeah. But but it really forces you to economize the like like every word and where you put it has to have uh meaning and has to have like a, a structural and integral importance uh-huh. you know what i mean so like to get your head uh or <laughs> to get your, your mind working on that like that's kind of the the jumping off point i would use at least is like okay i can see how these people are trying to say a lot with a little and and that's kind of the the that's one of the components to what you're trying to do is like, obviously one of the big components is you're trying to pitch yourself, but you're also trying to say a whole lot about yourself with a little. And, and what that distills down into is that you bring value. You, your company, your stuff is a good idea, but now how do you demonstrate that? And, and that's kind of the, the, uh, I don't want to use the word synergize again, because that's, that's, uh, we're using that in a different sort of sense of the word, but but that's kind of the two the gap that you have to bridge. You know what I mean? Right. So so it's 
kind of going to be an exercise in like what you're trying to convey and then how to, how to break it down into components and then minimize those components. That sounds too complicated. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, you're the creative one. It's definitely not going to be a walk in the park. <laughs> so uh, from what we've discussed so far, what I'm hearing is that I need to sort of define my brand, basically. We've talked about brand before. But come up with yeah. a, a, a solid brand to define this video production company. And then to create content to support that idea of the brand to show to showcase to people. Yeah. And that seems did we just synergize? We we might be synergizing. I think that's what synergizing feels like. <laughs> so like we created a video production company, we strategize, you know, define your brand and create content. So now we're synergizing, right? Yeah. And just as like a thought exercise, you know what I mean? Like, um, like let's say you weren't making a, a commercial to demonstrate your, uh, story building commercial value. Uh, like what was one of the things like you, you sent me an ad, uh, was that last time or that might've been the time last time. Like think about what you were trying to do where you were just trying to pitch an idea or like one of your ideas for kind of not commercial photo work, but for, for like photo work was that everybody's, you know, LinkedIn photos or like match.com or, uh, their, their Tinder photos or whatever. They suck. Right. Right. They're like blurry. It's just something you, you at a bar, it's you with like a bunch of different people. So nobody even knows who you are. Your stuff looks like shit or like whatever, you know, it's not putting forward the best, like maybe, or at least for me, I'm picturing, how you would make a commercial for yourself for those services. Yeah, that's that's the tricky part. Yeah, exactly. But it's like you could almost kind of like I can kind of see the commercial forming in my head and it's kind of in that, you know, Chris Scott irreverent like not ha ha not like overly ha ha funny but like witty kind of dry Sem- whatever funny semi condescending funny. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say it. Um, but yeah, like I, I think that the the way in which you could do that, like by presenting a story, like somebody who's like dating life absolutely sucks because his pictures suck and all that kind of stuff. And then as he gets like photo work done and stuff like that, he's, you know, like, I don't know, something stupid like that. But but that already is f- like miles ahead of where most of the local commercial work is. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because it's either so like cheesy and like shittily done, or it's just like a, like you said, like in the wrong resolution with some talking head, and you know whatever. Yeah, that's boring. Yeah, exactly. So like just using that as like a thought exercise of how you would do that, like it it's of course hard for you to do it for yourself. You know what I mean? But I I think with enough kind of like exercises of figuring out how you would do it for other things, you can extract the the value and the lessons out of that and then apply it to your own thing. Definitely. Let's, let's strategize some ways to attract clients to this brand new business venture. Okay. Uh, so I, getting clients is like, is a weird thing to me, mm-hmm. but I think it boils down to just networking and, Reaching out to people, cold calls, maybe. I have no idea. Yeah, or, or like maybe not necessarily um, cold calls per se, 
But I think what that comes down to, it's it's kind of like that. As much as I've I've kind of started straying away from his his stuff, uh, I think Gary Vaynerchuk is kind of right on the money on this one. Is that uh, if if you uh, if you really like, I'm trying to think of an example, like a Chris Scott example. Okay. So you like uh, you like uh, you like doing car bombs, right? If I have to. <laughs> yeah, you're so utilitarian. <laughs> I do them well, so I might as well do them if they're in front of me. You, you know what? You do excel at doing car bombs. I'll, I'll give you that. The, uh, um, Irish car bomb, by the way. The, yeah, the alcoholic yeah. beverage. The, the shot. Right. Oh no, yeah, yeah you're not. <laughs> not actually. Blowing. You're going to be put on a no-fly list. <laughs> yeah, we're screwed. Maybe that's why they're not called Irish car bombs anymore, right? That's why they're called shamrock shooters. Oh, is that what they're called? No, I just made that up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, if the FBI was able to, was for some reason checking in or tracking uh, Sean Miller, the coach of the Wildcats, I mean, there, there's a good chance they might be listening to our, maybe that's where our recent jump in uh, listens has come yeah. from. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, for instance, if you... Um, you really like, uh, or you're at least very proficient at doing Irish car bombs. Um, maybe you don't like them, but you're you're talented at the no, very least. No, no, they're great. I like them. Okay, so uh, like, so then you're like, you're, I'm a big fan of Guinness. I'm a big fan of Guinness, right? So you um, you would like make a video of like a commercial almost for Guinness or maybe just like a little bit, maybe something that goes on their social media, maybe something that just goes on their Instagram. Maybe, uh, maybe you're a songwriter, right? And then you make a, you make a jingle or you make some music referring to Guinness or something. I don't know, like whatever your medium is. And then you send it over to them and be like, Hey, you know, just in case, like I, I made this, I'm a really big fan of the product. I love what you guys do. If you happen to like this, you know, feel free. It's yours. All I ask is you put it up on your social media or you credit me on TV, you know, whatever, like however you're going to use it. And that's kind of how you're going to build this relationship with other brands and eventually monetize it. So you're saying provide uh, creative content, create content to provide to other businesses to, to prove, to show what you can showcase, what you can do and sort of get your name out there to their audience. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so essentially once you do enough of those projects, then they're going to be, they're going to get a feel for if they actually like what you do and they become kind of a quote unquote repeat customer. Like if they actually post or if they actually put your work out there, they get good response on it. They're going to come back to you. You know what I mean? And then you you charge them, maybe not a full rate, maybe not something exorbitant, but you charge them and you start to slowly build that up. And then as more of your work gets distributed out there and viewed by the public, other people are going to come to you naturally, intrinsically. You're not going to have to keep pitching yourself out there. You're going to have to start by doing that for sure, for sure, guaranteed. But eventually it trickles down into people asking you for your work. And that's when you start seriously becoming like commercially viable. Right. So, you know, I don't know. I'm also coming from a spot where I'm kind of over freebies. Yeah, I get that. But it's it's kind of necessary, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like especially in the video world and in creative stuff, not a lot of people value what a creative does. Yeah, I feel like it's because they feel that they can get that anywhere, but it's it's that's just so not true. Like as somebody who's 
uh, I've worked with like different photographers and I've worked with different videographers and all that kind of different stuff. And, um, it's, it's just not, it's just not true that you can get. So it's, it's one, I think it's like tattoos, you know, cheap is not good and good is not cheap. Like, right, right. That's just one of those things. But unfortunately, you know, you like, just like any artist and so like a tattoo artist or a video artist or whatever, it's like enough people have to see what you've done first before, because value is perception and, you know, perception, what I have the beholder. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know where you're going with that. Yeah. I was, I was trying to quote post there and it, <laughs> it got away from me. <laughs> 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 you miss hundred percent of the shots you posting. don't take, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all that good stuff. <laughs> but but essentially, it's like I, I totally get that you're you're kind of on the fence with that. But I think that's where it'll start. It'll be a lot easier if it's something you actually like. You know what I mean? Right. Stop doing other people's projects as freebies. If other people are approaching you for freebie projects, I mean, that's just not a thing. Like, it's it's just not a thing. But if it's something that you actually want to do and you actually like to do, um, like, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. But, uh, like, I, I keep going back to that Guinness thing, which is a stupid example. <laughs> Definitely shouldn't be my, my only one. But... But it's kind of like that if that was a product that you actually enjoy and it would it would almost be payment in and of itself if they put your stuff on their Instagram. Like if that would be cool enough for you, then that's the project you should do. Right. But I think I think the reason why I'm trying to figure out this new production company is to not be in that place where I feel like I'm work I'm living in in Tradesville, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And and I've learned that, you know, if you have a, a some somebody you do something free for someone, they're never going to pay for you to do it. They're just going to hire someone else to do it for free, not for free. Uh, like a, like a hundred dollar client that pays you a hundred bucks is never going to pay you a thousand bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, type of thing. So it's kind of trying to figure out how to step outside of that bubble. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a definitely a kind of a difficult, difficult, uh, valley to, to manage, you know what I mean? It's, it's, a uh, it's, um, there's a lot of people, it's a reverse bell curve. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, don't, don't do, don't you dare. Don't you dare do we're, another chart. Nope. We're going to, we're going to graph. Nope. This is, nope. <laughs> don't you dare. Don't you dare. Uh, don't you dare. No more graphs. Okay. No more podcasts. I'm not going to explain it in a graphical sense. I'll just explain it verbally. There's a lot you of, I tried pe- that last time. It didn't work. What? You tried that last time. It didn't work. No, no, no. This will be good. Trust me. <laughs> I have to, it's like, I have to convince you, (laughs) which says a lot about my stupid long winded explanations. It's like this. It's like, there's a lot of people who do stuff for free and there's a lot of people who, uh, who, or, or not as many people, but there's a lot of people who do stuff for free. And there's a group of people who do stuff for an exorbitant amount of money where the Valley is, is where people are breaking from from uh, free work into paid work. That's where there's mm-hmm. a, you know, word of the day, a dearth of, <laughs> yeah, it was a doozy, right? That's where there's uh. a dearth of, um, of people. So it's, it's kind of crossing that valley into supremely paid work and no free work. That's, that's a difficult thing to manage. And I think that requires 
I think that's a a a, a two pronged approach. Uh oh. Uh oh. More more. Pro- I don't want to mix metaphors here because we've already used the prong. Um. So it's it's a it's a. Is it is it not appropriate to say Schlieffen plan? I have no idea what that means. So actually, sure. you know what? I'm not going to use it because I'm not going to uh, look up how to spell it because I'm not doing that. No, it's it's basically it's the it's the it was the German strategy in uh, or no, not German. No, it was German. It was the German strategy in um, World War One where they decided to uh, fight wars on two fronts. You know what I mean? Oh, which. Oh does not work in wars it doesn't work in wars but perhaps it'll work in this in this uh uh whatever you, just say what you're gonna say okay <laughs> we'll figure out the metaphor later okay <laughs> I'm, I'm trying so hard to get it <laughs> um basically i think you have to do both I think you so like simultaneously. I think you simultaneously have to be working on stuff that's your creative projects that you want to do that maybe it'll be commercially viable, maybe it won't. Maybe it's just a portfolio builder. And then on the other side, you have to be kind of hitting these and like keep them small. Don't don't make it huge. Don't spend, you know, weeks on on a commercial for Guinness, you know what I mean? Cuz they're not paying you. But if you create right. like a really brilliant spot that gets put on their Instagram, I guarantee you at the very least, you're going to be getting a lot of free shit, which can pay for itself. Like that, that right there paid for the little bit, but best case scenario, you start logging some serious big time work. So if you're doing both things at the same time, that's how you cross that Valley. It's, it's that you're doing the work that you want to do that, uh, is getting you outside of this, you know, trade sort of, sort of thing. That that right. is hopefully the stuff that will be in your portfolio that people will eventually buy that will be entirely outside of any other company. That's your own stuff. But then at the uh-huh. same time, you're doing you're doing like little bits, little spots, little you know ads here and there, which will not only build up your portfolio for um for your the type of stuff that I want to make right, like your, for, my, your, for my brand, your creative commercial work. Because if somebody sees like. Oh man, he did do that spot for Guinness. Like then your your quote for however much you're worth, like nobody knows how much that you didn't charge anything for that. That's true. If That's somebody true. if somebody sees that, your worth is a lot more than than if you just have nothing. Right, right. So I think you have to I think you have to and that sounds you know, I mean, nobody said this was gonna be easy. That sounds like a lot of work. Like it's, it's going to be doing both at the same time is going to be pretty difficult, but I think that's kind of how you're going to navigate that, that Valley in between people who do stuff for free and people who get paid. So the, the game plan to get new clients are to find brands to make videos for that coincide with the type of work I want to do. Right. And start putting those out there. Right. And getting my name and image out there, my brand out there, and having its visibility be kind of the, what is the word I'm looking for? Leverage to charge a proper price. Right, exactly, exactly. And and that'll kind of, and I think one, like it's a, it's a positive feedback loop. One helps enforce the other, which helps enforce the other, which helps enforce the other. 
Okay. Okay. So, I mean, you already have like the, the really basic, you know, boring steps already done. You already have uh, a business, you already have all that kind of stuff. And you already have a little bit of a leg up than someone who's just starting because you already have some creative work to your name. You already have, you know, some, some demonstrable value stuff. Uh, right. But it's not really stuff that I'd want to be doing more of. Right. But at the same time, I guess I do have some good things out there. I just got to put those in the forefront and kind of hide all the rest. So no one associates my commercial work with the things I don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the, the opposite of what you, you don't want to land yourself into a situation where you end up taking, you know, your first or not your first, but you end up taking a paid gig, uh, just because it pays, but it's totally going to kind of take your brand off its, off the direction you want to take it. That's called a defront of frufa. A what? Defront of frufa. Is, is it really? I have no idea. I was trying to make up a German word. Oh, you're... <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were being serious. I was like, this is crazy. We both... <laughs> we both have, like, German sayings for, for this episode. Like... <laughs> um, but, wow. But, yeah, I mean, essentially, essentially, I think those things will end up enforcing each other. It's just like, yeah, I could see how that would be, A, frustrating, and B, a lot of work from the get-go. From the get-go. All right, so I feel like a, a proper game plan has kind of been established to make this production company work, this video production company work. Yeah, I mean, and I think you also intrinsically, something that wasn't mentioned, I think you have a, um, you kind of have a leg up on a lot of other creative types, I could say, because you're a lot more, I mean, you are pretty stoic and quiet, but you are also a lot more um, approachable. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of guys who seem a little bit too douchebaggy and whatever, uh, like they're they're too hipster and high minded for you know other people's plebeian work, and then uh, there are the other people. I f- I think that most, uh, not I shouldn't say most. I'm not trying to drag anyone into it through the dirt here, but um, I think a lot of Tucson uh, video and photo production and all that kind of stuff are just guys with cameras who are trying to get girls to take their clothes off. You know what I mean? I think that's true photographers, but I think the video guys, the ones that are kind of have semi-talented video guys are kind of, they immediately, once they finish school, go to LA. Yeah. They're just yeah. They're out of here right away. Yeah, and the ones right. that stick around are the older guys that are retired that are still doing the same thing after 20 years, mm-hmm. just cranking out the same stuff over and over again. So yeah, the grinders. So yeah, so it is kind of. I wouldn't call them all all creepers, but right. I would probably most photographers that aren't wedding photographers. Yeah, I, I think that I think that your your personality will also help navigate the work. So so I mean that kind of brings it back to that that networking side of it, where you know, yeah, maybe you're doing stuff for like like you feel like you're doing trade work or you feel like you're doing stuff for free, but I think your your personality will kind of help navigate that territory. So should we recap with the three? words from our podcast title yeah let's let's creativize strategize and synergize so creativize would be commercial video production company right with i guess branded stories for clients yeah exactly like value innovating the the regular commercial into kind of a, a more story and feelings oriented uh 
work. Product. Yeah. Video. Yeah. Our strategy is to a two two front approach. Yeah, yeah. And and don't use the German word because that'll turn people off immediately. <laughs> I I don't even remember the word. That's good. And it is to do uh, free, not free work, but create content for brands that I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, to do like uh, uh, just create content for them to use on their social media, as well as trying to find paid work. Right. Exactly. Of the same variety. Right. Exactly. And and you already sort of have connections in in that degree that I like. They're not exactly the type of stuff you want to do, but as I don't think people would be entirely uh, dissuaded if you tried to kind of put your own personal touch on things a little more. Right. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And that'll add to my value as a production company. Right. Exactly. And, and the synergize comes in when that's really when the rubber meets the road where, you know, it allows you to, uh, when people start having your brand recognition, when they, when it, they may not know you, like you may not be a household name, but they'll know the difference between a Chris Scott work and other commercials. Like that's when your production company will really kind of hit that, that avenue where people will pay you for work specifically for what your production company offers that others don't, that you've demonstrated in doing, you know, multiple, uh, multiple different, uh, um, uh, both free and paid work. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I feel pretty good about this talk. Yeah, that that uh sounds like you're going to be up to some cool stuff. I'm I'm hopefully I'm definitely uh, interested in seeing how this how this pans out, and I'm you know uh, I look forward to seeing some work, uh, some more video work. Yeah, because I definitely was feeling in a rut. I had to. Uh, I'm going to use a metaphor right now, mm-hmm. or or a simile. There, I had a, my walls here in my office are high gloss white. And when I take pictures inside of my office, there's a bunch of bright spots because the walls are so shiny. Oh, yeah. So I painted one wall of flat white. (laughs) And I was painting and I was painting and I couldn't tell where I was painting because when flat white goes on a high gloss wall, the flat white is wet paint. So it looks like glossy paint. (laughs) And I'm just stroking this brush up and down. It's like, what have I painted? What haven't I painted? I can't tell. So, so you kept painting the same spots over and over. <laughs> yeah. So the wall's not completely painted, but I used a lot of paint on one wall. So I just couldn't tell when I was, what I was painting or not painting. And I feel like this has helped me to not get into that predicament again. Yeah. Where, I, where I'm doing all this painting and nothing, I can't really see any progress. Yeah, yeah. That that sounds frustrating as hell. <laughs> so now that we've creative strategized and synergized this production company, I feel like frustrations will disappear. Thank you for listening to Creative Strategize and Synergize. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You can find Chris on social media using the handle at Elephant Scout. You can find me with at Atish Mazish. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much.